0: Hello and welcome to alphanomics season two of what originally was called What the Hell is Economics, but it turns out that is really hard to find on the internet, even for me, um, who is in said podcast, so we've renamed it. This is the economics podcast where me and my dad discuss all economic theories that I do not understand, and he tries to make it less complicated-ish for me. So, let's begin. Hello. Right, today's episode is, we are, just to give you context of where we currently are, we're in the booth of a man's house um, that I know, so if people, listeners are not worried for our safety, in a small, probably what some consider at the Edinburgh Festival a small double room, <laughs> but it's a, a tiny room covered in soundproofing equipment a little bit like something from a horror film, and I'm with my dad. Uh, Dad has asked me the question if if he's allowed to look at me through the podcast, and I've said, obviously, ideally, yes. Otherwise, it feels very uncomfortable.
1: As opposed to talking to the microphone. I didn't want to look at you and not be talking into the microphone, just to put it in context.
0: Okay, so just to clarify, there is a (laughs) microphone in front of my dad, and he was very confused about if he was meant to talk to the microphone or to me. So we are doing The Economics of a Wedding, a.k.a why are weddings so expensive so the good news um good news for me um sad news for any lone men on the internet who send me instagram dms at two in the morning is i am now engaged i proposed to my partner on the 1st of january in the board game cafe it was very exciting and now we are fiancéed very good yes you're very He, he
1: won the game when you proposed well, we, were, we
0: were, I hid the game in a, I hid the ring in a box, um, a, a serial killer board game, which I thought was really symbolic of our relationship. Um, and now we are currently trying to organise a wedding. And when I say we, are, I mean me, because I love an EdXL spreadsheet. But, um, Dad, can you remember what it was like planning your wedding?
1: Oh, yes. Very exciting. Goodness, <laughs> we're going back in time here. Yep. It was 1990, Annette and I got married. We got engaged quite quickly. And um, how quickly? A couple of months. Two months. Yes. Yeah. yeah, More or less. Yeah. And how
0: quickly was I? How quickly did I? Well, we then had
1: to have the wedding. But what was interesting, (laughs) we didn't realise people planned these things long in advance, and Mum basically went down to the the Tudor Barn in Eltham, Mm -hmm. and uh, basically said. We're thinking of getting married in September, the first Saturday in September. And we found out later that often people book that particular day, and it might be the case for any Saturday in peak summer, usually one to two years in advance. And unluckily for them, but lucky for us, someone that morning who had planned to get married, that they canceled their wedding plans. Call them. And that had happened about half an hour before mum turned up. And they said, well, we, you can't believe it, but we do have a vacancy on the 1st of September. So we basically said, oh, and that said, well, we'll have that. So we thought it was all quite straightforward and easy. Um, and then my mother-in-law got involved for a while um yes dad's but... face has changed significantly
0: on a... when you say you got she got involved nanny squeak how did she get involved
1: don't worry um <laughs> i think she chose the wine but i then had to subsequently go down and change the wine order or <laughs> and, why? Uh, no. but the most important thing was we had the church service we got married in the catholic church in Eltham, and that was really lovely father paul ray was the priest he was really good wedding church service to the reception speeches and then in the evening we had oh that was the issue, in the evening we had a DJ, now we had booked <laughs> a DJ and he basically seconded it to someone else and wedding was a great day apart from when I, I, mean, I found I'll out, keep,
0: hopefully it would have been a great day Dad. it
1: was, apart from when, when this DJ I'd never met turned up and I checked with him what he was planning to play and I think he said he was going to play the Birdie song and I said if you play that I will kill you <laughs> And so basically I wanted Echo and the Bunnyman, but I knew that people probably wouldn't dance much there. but lots of our friends were into cool music so we did clarify he did at least have the opening song which was something's got a hold of my heart by goodness Gene Pitney and Mark Allman I guess sang that so anyway and the music turned out to be okay but um, organisation probably it was quite straightforward partly because I probably didn't get that involved
0: why didn't you get that involved
1: because i focused on the honeymoon
0: and you organized the honeymoon yeah. which was also for listeners the longest time my mum and dad had ever spent in each other's company and to give you an idea of just how roman catholic this wedding was The wedding was on September the 1st, 1990, and I was born the 10th of June, 1991. We did go to
1: Asia for our honeymoon. Without going into the detail, we believed that you were conceived in Hong Kong. Oh,
0: yeah. I remember you made me stand outside, (laughs) (laughs) they made me stand outside the hotel room with a sign saying made in China.
1: No, no, basically it wasn't made in China. Years later, we stayed at that same hotel, and by chance, I said, that's the room we stayed in on honeymoon. I said, emily Ann, stand there. And I took a picture and I said, I can say made in Hong Kong. And you, <laughs> you didn't look so pleased when the photo was being yeah, taken. Yeah. But this, we're really going off tangent here. Okay. But well, weddings, this is t- weddings were uh, still a problem to organise. They were costly then, but I know Do you remember how much it go, cost? No. No? No.
0: Did you both pay for it?
1: Yes. Yeah, we paid for it. Yeah. Yes.
0: So this is the thing. OK, because my dream wedding is I always thought my dream wedding would be I would get married in Pizza Express, which I still stand by because I think Pizza Express is one of the most practical, lovely places in the world. And when I said this to you and mum, you did say that you wouldn't come to the wedding if we got married in Pizza Express.
1: Unless it was margaritas with mushroom pizzas.
0: Yeah. OK, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> but I, I didn't understand how much focus there is on weddings. I didn't think it would be as complicated as it is. The amount of people who are already asking me what date we're getting married, where we're getting married, all this stuff, it doesn't even come to my mind because in my head I just assumed bish bash bosh, registry office, find somewhere nice, get some food, have a dance, go home. But it seems to be more complex than trying to organise breaking out of a prison. And I, not that I've done that recently, but I couldn't believe how already expensive weddings are because I didn't realize, this is it. I was looking at hitched.com. So I've already said to my partner, we've already had a site disagreement because I wanted it to be submarine themed. And he said, absolutely not, which is really upsetting me because I had this whole plan that I would wear flippers and there would be prawn cocktail sandwiches. And I wanted to get married this summer, but my fiance, Sam, um, Sam's his name, dad,
1: sam yes s-a-m Sam. yes okay sam. good Yeah.
0: Good. <laughs> just double check that um you can put it in your elephant graph sam sam was like we're not going to get married till 2025 and i thought that was ridiculous because that's in the future and i thought it can't be that complicated to organize a wedding and then i decided to google how to organize a wedding and this is where i wanted your help dad because i don't understand why a wedding's so expensive and why are they so complicated so I was going to read to you dad some statistics
1: actually before you do that yes what's really interesting in my view from an economic perspective is to step back a bit before you talk about details of the wedding but just actually say how the economy and social structures change so much and far less people get married now than ever before in the UK mm-hmm. and people get married at a much older age and it's really quite remarkable if you go back to Well, in the 50s and the 60s, a lot of people got married in their late teens, early 20s. But even by the mid-70s, so like when I was at school, a quarter of women were married by the age of 20. Three quarters of women were married by the age of 25. Nine out of 10 women were married by the age of 30. In the mid-70s, the average age for a first-time wedding was just under 23 years for women and just over 25 years for men. And if you fast forward to now, the average age for those people who get married for the first time is now 31 and a half for women and 33.4 years for men. So people get married at a much older age, but also far less people get married. In the mid 70s, 9 out of 10, was it 9 out of 10 women or an 8 out of 10 men were getting married? So still quite a lot and now it's probably a third of women are married. Do you
0: wonder, I think it's also because we're so much more sexually liberated, You know, there's more time to do a bit of trial and error and a bit more (laughs) experimentation before you settle down, as opposed to in the past, you know, whoever that was the first person you ever kissed or smushed with, suddenly, and especially because of birth control, if there were any incidents, you had to immediately get tied down because your whole social structure. Social structure. And a a woman's freedom often came through being able to be married and leaving the home.
1: Yeah, I tried to look for the data on that, how many babies were born out of wedlock, and it's difficult to get the full data, but roughly speaking, it was about less than one in 20 in the early 60s, late 50s, and now it's it's probably around one in two the average age when women bear their first child is actually slightly younger Mm -hmm. than the average age at which those who get married get married for the first time. But you're right, the whole social economic structure, which is interesting, because even though the size of the population has increased significantly over that time period, the fact that less people are getting married, you might think should make it easier and cheaper uh, or more affordable to get married. But that's where the dynamic and the change comes in.
0: Because also, you know, there's different types of ceremonies, I think it, it people find it baffling that me and Sam don't live together whilst I still live with my ex. Oh, but yeah, then we I didn't think, live together. Yeah, you and Mum didn't live together. The first no. time you lived together was on the honeymoon and by the end of the honeymoon you weren't talking to each other <laughs> were
1: you? No. That's but a joke. <laughs> yes.
0: It is a joke. But I I couldn't believe this. So these are my statistics. Because I think, you know, I was ready. I just knew. I knew with Sam. I was like, yeah, I can commit to arguing with you for a prolonged period of time. And also he will happily just go with my film choices. And that was a key point for me. And he will willingly go and get me chocolate, which is a major important factor of what I call healthy and stable life. But this is it. So I googled weddings because there was also an article recently uh, on the BBC published earlier this year in February meant that most people are having to either forego their honeymoons or they're dipping into their future housing deposit savings because of how much, how expensive weddings are. And the average cost of a UK wedding has more than doubled over the past decade. So according to insurance and wedding insurers, the average cost back in 2012 was £11,441, which is basically the rent of a one bed in London. Um, And now it's gone up to projected £24,109 in 2023, which is 11% up from the year before.
1: Isn't it therefore great that the parents of the bride no longer pay for the weddings.
0: Yes, well, I think that makes more sense. You'd split it down the middle because it's not, you know, because traditionally the reason that the Femmes family would pay is because it was the traditional idea of she's our property and we're literally giving her over to you. Or a dowry. Yeah, so it's our duty that we cover this for you before you take on the obligation of caring for her. Well, obviously that's not really the case at all sam is fully thrilled to now take full financial <laughs> responsibility for me
1: just going back to the economics in the older days in fact not that long ago there when were when you lots say olden
0: of, days what do you mean like the
1: 90s uh, no even yeah even 20 odd years ago but yeah and certainly even more so before that there were economic incentives for those people who got married basically tax advantages etc now if you want to go back 50s and 60s obviously then people had babies in marriage not outside of marriage it was important for the economy at the time to have more children in the population um so tax incentives basically favored people who got married married couples allowance etc they've tended to be phased out obviously you can't shouldn't discriminate against same-sex people who get married and you shouldn't discriminate against couples who want to live together who don't want to get married so those tax advantages economic advantages of getting married are gone Although there, I guess There if you is still think,
0: a tax, there tax are, there, benefit to getting married. Yeah,
1: there are some in terms of inheritance tax in particular. Actually, ironically, when you die, actually, it's when you get more of the tax advantages, I would say. Um, but far less so than it used to be the case. You could say it's no longer discriminatory or no longer in favour of married couples in the it way it was It still is before. actually
0: regarding health, healthcare and being able to access and be with your partner. Um, that That's still I an could, area that there are issues with, but that's not quite related to weddings, and we should probably stick away from that because it's quite serious and sad.
1: Okay, all right, yeah, that's a different route to go different down. Different route to go But to. in terms of the weddings itself, what you have is a very interesting situation that it should be a very competitive market, this, because what is it that people are looking for? They're often looking for a location in which to...
0: Well, I've got lots Sorry. of statistics on this, so before we get too, okay. too carried away, Dad, I really do want to get all my statistics in because I've printed them out in Comic Sans and I highlighted them. Cool. So what I found really interesting is that couples in London and the South East are spending more, much more in the UK. In fact, so much more, 42% above the national average, which is whew, like, hello, that's expensive. But in regards to, you know, the point we we're just making about parents not contributing to the wedding, where is it? I've just lost the statistics. Can I just
1: say that I often push back against this idea that the southeast should always be clubbed in with london quite a few parts of the southeast for instance east kent or indeed the other white are relatively low income very poor so london is often the distortion and in actual fact when one looks at this market and indeed many other markets it's london versus the rest and indeed urban versus rural is often a big distinction and indeed as we're seeing there are now more places in rural areas that offer wedding opportunities in terms of putting weddings on. Yeah, so, but you were going to go through a list.
0: I was going to go through my list. So okay. Hitched, which is one of the most popular and big, one of the big online tech dogs of the wedding industry. It's like a website and they do budgeting and they tell you all these venues. Um, They did this whole thing about the average wedding cost in the UK revealed. Okay, And they said that, you know, it seems bizarre that in a cost of living crisis, money on weddings is going up. But 70% of couples who married in 2022 said the current economy didn't impact their wedding spending. Which I suppose is because psychologically you've had such investment on what you imagine your wedding to be. It's your one big day, ideally unless you've got real plans to be a superb divorcee. But you want to go, you want to have your dream wedding.
1: You, hmm? you don't think I'll get it right the next time. <laughs> you want to get it right the first no I ideally time. want to get yes. it right
0: the first time with... <laughs> Sam, that's his name. Um, (laughs) Financial contributions rising. 63% of couples said they did receive money from friends or family towards the cost of their wedding. Because most people have lived together, usually before they get married, they've already got all the things that you traditionally put on a wedding list. So I know that when I've been invited to a few weddings, they tend to do like a PayPal. Yeah,
1: we didn't do the wedding list.
0: You didn't? No. What did you do?
1: Well, people provide what they want.
0: I don't think I want a wedding list. I wouldn't mind saying, look, if you'd like to give me anything, something towards a trip on a submarine would be greatly appreciated. Um, over a third, 34% of couples said they cut their guest list to save money, and 37% said they increased the number of wedding vendors they inquired with in order to do more price comparisons. So this is it, wedding list, because also one big issue in the UK, or just in general, is we live in a technological world. We know way more people than we used to do in the past, you've got a bigger social circle. So the the people that you feel like you'd want to invite is actually much bigger. So there's more stress I found trying to come up with my wedding list. You know, you're having to really think. Who do I believe I will still be in contact with in ten years' time? Who, who am you I? You tend
1: not to think like that. You invite family because mm-hmm. they come to weddings yeah, and funerals but and christenings. Yeah, we're Irish Catholic, Dad, and, That means uh, there's like a two you your...
0: people called Connor who I've never met, but I know I am obligated <laughs> to love because we've all got red hair and we love God. You know, that's already. Totally and then too you invite your
1: friends at that time. You tend not to.
0: Yeah, so that means five people. But already with five people and 102 second and cousins, not forgetting all the other ones that I probably don't know that suddenly appear out of nowhere. Like, you've got to invite Auntie Patsy. And I'm like, who is she? But this is it. So I'm going to go through some more statistics, Dad, and then you can tell me about how to solve this problem. And explain to me why weddings are so expensive. Okay, so according to Hitched, this is what the average wedding costs were broken down. So the venue... £7,600. Peter Express would not be that much. Catering, £4,680. I do not understand how beef wellington... I mean, that's the only thing you're ever allowed to have a wedding, beef wellington, how that can cost that much. Wedding dress, £1,300. I'm sorry, what? That is ridiculous. 50 but there's quid, a lot more
1: flexibility now, presumably. Photographer, £1,200. £1, I was going to say, a number of wedding dress places like guys dress dressmakers yeah. have unfortunately gone out of business in recent years not just because of the pandemic but again changing attitudes it's mirroring what's happening in say the city where it was the case that people always wore suits and ties now far less people wear suits and gosh ties have become very rare so unfortunately unless
0: you're into certain elements of the kink scene
1: okay well we can talk about that another time that can be a future podcast if you want
0: That's Dad's answer saying he doesn't understand the reference. He will Google it when he gets home.
1: But actually, I, I wrote down here 14 things that need to be factored in in terms of your expenditure. Okay. You've gone through a couple. Venue, catering. Not that I'm thinking necessarily into all the details yet. Venue, catering, music and DJ. Very important. You're <laughs> put, DJing at my wedding. Oh, cool. That's good. Photography video you are, photographers, not, you are not doing the photography big, at my wedding a church
0: i'm not getting married in a
1: cars church. wedding why rings? do you need
0: cars people have their own cars
1: okay bikes i can't cars. buy the, i no, can't but, ride a car actually that used to be a big expenditure i guess what
0: bikes uh cars. No, cars
1: uh seven is wedding rings eight the clothes dress, I got those on Etsy. dress suits evening people used to have a outfit to go away in as well can you believe that? Um, nine, oh, the stag, this is very important. Stag, hen do, et cetera.
0: I cannot believe Ten. how expensive hen yeah. are.
1: Not everyone goes to Dublin, I guess. <laughs> Isn't it? Or where do people go? No. I don't know, Brighton, Dublin,
0: Brighton. Dublin, Number Prague. 10
1: is flowers at the church and reception. 11, apparently hair is a big expenditure. Not for men. What, well,
0: getting more hair?
1: Yeah. Hotel, where you stay, et cetera. 13, stationery. And fourteen priests and officials. When I was little,
0: stationary. Why do you need stationary? Can I say
1: the last bit? Priests and officials is very important. When I was little, younger, younger, very little, I used to be an altar boy at Quecks Road in Kilburn, and it used to be a big thing to serve the weddings. One Saturday in August. I was the only altar boy on for about eight or nine weddings in a row. And I took home more money that day than I think my dad the whole week. And what would be interesting, because the photographers were very good, when the couple had come into the sacristy to sign the books and then they are about to leave, the photographer would go to the best man, have you sorted out the altar? Sometimes they would sort out the altar boy straight away. And it was better often that they didn't, because then the photographer would say, and this would embarrass the best man, usually. Have you sorted out the altar boy? And at that stage, it always meant they only had notes left. And so out would come a fiver, or indeed a tenner, as opposed to if they'd planned it, you'd be lucky if you got 50p or a pound, sort of thing. That is the and most so.
0: innocent way I've ever heard the phrase, sort out the altar boy. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, oh, Dad, your stories. So all these different elements that I did not even understand, like all the different sectors that are important and vital in a wedding. So you've got the food and beverage sector, you've got the entertainment and leisure industry, the amount of bands that are reliant on being hired for weddings, all the independent businesses, you know, the bridal boutiques, the photographers, the venues, the florists, the officiants, hair and makeup, wedding planners and jewellers. But I don't understand why is it so expensive and why is it becoming more expensive when we live in a time of more globalization and creativity, surely this would be becoming, and as you said, less people are getting married, surely it should become much more affordable.
1: Look, there's many economic issues coming here. Often people think it's about supply and demand only, and therefore there should be one price that's fair. But I think nowadays people are used through booking rail or plane tickets to realize that prices can vary even if you're doing the same journey as someone else. And what you have is price discrimination comes very much to the fore, particularly, unfortunately, in this area of weddings. Now, flexible pricing is one thing, but price discrimination is reflecting the fact that you can charge different prices to different people for the same product. If you're hiring a venue for a wedding, you might well be charged a different price to if you hire the venue another event. Now, there's there's partly an element of when you actually want to get married. Uh, There's a seasonality, of course, to when people want to get married. More people, naturally, because of price, are getting married in autumn and winter, whereas traditionally, it's a case of people want to get married in the spring and into the summer, and usually a weekend or Friday or a Saturday. Do you mean there's
0: more discrimination in the summer because that's a busier month anyway? No,
1: well, there's that demand element. But here, price discrimination is basically a reflection that the market is imperfectly competitive often, but in another respect, it's the idea that the supplier, the person who's supplying the venue has pricing power. So they segment the market. So if you're hiring a venue for a wedding, they know that your demand is what economists would call price inelastic. If your demand for a product is price elastic, that means you're very sensitive to price changes. So. Say you want to have a party for your birthday Mm -hmm. and you think, I'm going to have a big party this year, I'm going to hire that venue. You go along and say, how much is it? And you might be thinking, let's say, you think it might be two grand and they tell you actually it's going to be five grand. You think, well, sod that. Maybe I'll do that for a future birthday. And so you're you're sensitive to the price. Even if they said 2,500, you might think that's a bit pricey. Whereas you're getting married, it's the first and it's hopefully the only time So you're less price sensitive. You need somewhere to get married. You basically want a good venue. So you're less sensitive to the price. So price discrimination is that the supplier can, in some respects, change in economic terms. Your consumer surplus becomes a producer surplus. Basically, they can squeeze you. They're not maximizing the profits always, but they're squeezing more out of you because your demand is less sensitive to the price so what you have when it comes to weddings is all the issues you've talked about there's a seasonality so there's a peak demand to get married time to get married and like when you buy your train tickets at peak time it's going to be more expensive than off-peak time that happens but on top of that there's this price segmentation particularly if people all want the same venues that's why you also now start to see because of this because the price of weddings has gone up so much, you've started to see uh, more people thinking this is a good area to go into from a business perspective. So you think last summer, three of your cousins got married. It was delayed from COVID. And you think of the three different venues they had. Two of the venues were in the countryside. Um, Wales. Wales, yeah. They might not have been wedding venues in the past. Uh, the weather probably worked so you probably wouldn't want to get married in those places in the winter a lot of
0: people camped
1: yeah people camped so what you have is because those margins of those traditional venues have increased so much you're now starting to see the market adjust people who are getting married are starting to become uh, more sensitive than they might otherwise have been about price even though as i say there's a still price in elasticity and you you then have more venues are starting to emerge and of course britain is far less christian you now have a lot more different faiths in the country so the idea of where people get married is very different and therefore there's less supply constraint whereas back in the old days in kilburn church quex road you have to put that a year in advance Basically, you're seeing that the market is adjusting. But coming back to your original point, why are weddings so expensive? It's partly the price inelasticity. that is, you getting married, you're less sensitive to the prices, even though naturally you still are aware of them. And at the same time, places that put on weddings, price discriminate. They can segment the market to get the most out of those who want to pay for a wedding. And
0: I suppose also as well, so it's become a more specialist area. If less people are getting married, but when they're doing it, they have less elasticity, as you say, you know, they want something specific. So what you're doing is more couture if it's a wedding dress or a special specific type of wedding event you can charge more because it's specialist it's a luxury you know weddings are luxuries in lots of ways because obviously if you can't afford them you've got the smaller registry offices you can elope etc etc and then on top of that i suppose with you know, the cancellations post COVID and the increase of energy costs, the increase of how much it costs to get your materials, if you're a wedding dressmaker, or maybe certain ingredients, that means all your overheads are becoming higher.
1: That's right. Costs have increased and that gets passed on. Sometimes it's just to maintain their profit margins. Unfortunately, in an inflationary environment, some companies, producers, providers, Mm -hmm try and unfortunately boost their profit margins and that adds to the inflation pressures as well but high costs tend to be passed on and we've had a big inflationary environment so
0: this is why more people i I especially i know my friends and this was sort of wrapping up about how you then adapt with weddings being so expensive so obviously intimate weddings Ensuring that you lose friends and alienate people in the run-up to your wedding. Leaving the WhatsApp groups. Intentionally getting drunk and telling all your friends you hate their dress sense. Doing everything you can to get your pool of friends at your wedding as small as possible. Because that is cheaper. That means you have to spend less money on Beef Wellington for 100 people so that's one option intimate weddings but then people don't want that they might want all their friends there so you then have outdoor weddings is now a big thing so seeing more people having more flexibility in festival-esque spaces which gives farms the opportunity to charge thousands of pounds for a field but they're naming it the wedding field and it is basically just a field and then you have to do it all yourself there's no vendors already provided by the venue you've got to do all yourself then also I suppose because we now live in a society where everyone works different days of the week you don't necessarily need to get married on a Saturday or Sunday you could be really annoying getting married on a Monday or a Wednesday or Thursday much cheaper and again keeps your numbers down so that's one option which I suppose a lot of my freelance friends could possibly get away with doing then I suppose also at the same time you do it all yourself. You provide the food. You provide. You do the table decorations. You get your dad to DJ. You get your mum to make the wedding cake. You do your own hair. You make the dress yourself. My plan is to have a big engagement party in May. Invite all my friends, everyone I love. Not expensive, but just really fun. the Arms or something like that. Um, though I haven't told that to Sam. And then I say, look, I love you all. And then next year just doing something small and doing the vows and all that stuff. But being able to have the party and then having the actual legal side, and sort of splitting the two down the middle. Some people have also said, oh, also renting your wedding dress is now an increasing. thing. So rather than buying them for two grand, renting them for much, much cheaper is also a good idea. So those are some of the things. You could also do the whole thing on Zoom and do a Zoom wedding, which I don't think anyone would find harrowing in the slightest.
1: You could mute Sam during the Zoom wedding.
0: <laughs> is there anything else I've missed out, Dad? Well,
1: I've written... That's very good. Intimate, outdoor, field. I'm writing it all down. Get out punk records, Velvet Underground, Ek and the Bunnyman to play at Emily Anne and Sam's wedding. But the thing is, what's interesting, you're reacting to the economics of the wedding market. But weddings shouldn't be about economics. They should be about love and having the right partner.
0: And on that vomit-inducing moment, let's end the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elphonomics and our question of why are weddings so expensive? If you like this podcast, please drop us a lovely review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're getting married, do let us know how it went and if this helped. (laughs) Bye-bye.